This past Sunday, I walked into the empty sanctuary of our church on a day when it should have been full of people, and I felt a sense of sadness and loss. I mean, basically just a little over two months ago, we were all worshiping together. It was business as usual, right, on a, on a busy Sunday morning with the full house and energy and laughter and hugs and music and a message. But this past Sunday, it was a lot different. There was an empty sanctuary. Just a few people were gathered there to uh, help facilitate the broadcast of the worship service. And you know what? There was energy. There was joy. There was an incredible amount of passion that was involved in that particular broadcast from our tech crew to our band and even to myself and the folks that participated in worship doing announcements and leading uh, the confessions and doing all the things that we normally do. And the congregation was gathered at home in their homes watching live and they were interacting with each other in the comment section on the Facebook live broadcast and they were connecting and they were offering prayer requests and there was about 400 to almost 500 comments alone on the Facebook feed. There was this sense afterward that something happened, an event had occurred and we were together. This is the transformation that just a couple of months can make. And what I started realizing as we've been talking about is that the church is different. The church is going to be different going forward. The future is uncertain, but it's not going to be what it was. In this podcast, I'm going to have a conversation with one of my friends who uh, is a pastor in Florida. And he and I have been thinking and talking about these issues for quite some time, even long before any of this happened. What does the church look like in the future? But now we're having the conversation, what does the church look like after coronavirus? Because the future is now. It's happened now. And so I invite you to join in this conversation. We'll have a couple of podcasts on this with uh, my good friend, Pastor Joe Windorf uh, from Lake Mary, Florida. And so I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Pastor Cast. So I am here with uh, Reverend Joe Windorf, uh, who has uh, been a friend of mine for a, a really long time. Uh, and Joe is a pastor in Florida where I used to work. We worked in the same presbytery for a number of years. Joe and I have been on numerous trips to Israel. In fact, we were supposed to be in Israel right now. <laughs> but instead, uh, here we are uh, together separately and all the way across the country from one another in our in our homes or and or offices <laughs> not in israel uh sadly um, but uh so anyway yeah welcome joe i'm uh, i'm glad to have this conversation with you you want us to just tell us a little bit about your context and where you're serving and uh and what your what your ministry has been like so yeah we're we're in uh lake mary florida which is think of it as kind of a suburb of of the Orlando area, kind of on the north end, where it's uh, church is kind of buried in a residential area. It was one of the the first of the uh, build outs of sort of the higher end neighborhoods uh, that got attracted, so they planted the church here. But now we're we've kind of moved beyond that. We we more uh, 
our reach is really across uh, at least two counties. So, uh, but we, we do the work with the people in the neighborhood, but we move on out and we've, uh, you know, like I said, we're reaching those other communities. So other than that, we're, uh, we're a pretty diverse group of folk. Uh, we are a Presbyterian church, which sometimes does diversity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that work? So, uh, but, but, you know, the church has become more, more diverse, uh, which means multiple worship styles. Uh, and part of that is, I think, where you want to go with some of this is adapting, right? We're adapting mm-hmm. to the situations going around us. When this church was planted, it was the only uh, really the only church of its kind in the area and the non-denominational churches had not really risen up yet. That's completely changed now. So we're sound, surrounded by non-denominational churches. One of the largest churches in the Southeast is about eight miles from here. So, uh, you know, very, very uh, much on the cutting edge of, of stuff. So that's kind of we're, we're living in that sort of uh, culture now where we have to, and we'll get into this, do some things a little maybe differently than we did before. So um, how long have you been at the church now? So, wow. See this gray hair, Leon? <laughs> wasn't like that when we went to Israel the first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, had, I had more hair the first time we went to Israel. <laughs> I got a picture of you, you and I doing baptisms, and we both look a little different. Um, yeah, yeah. 15 years. 15 years here. Awesome. About, about 30 years in ministry altogether. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, and you know, I've I've been to your church. I haven't been there on a Sunday for worship, but you know, I've been to your church for meetings and um and then also just to kind of gather with you and uh you got a I mean, it's a wonderful congregation and you're doing great ministry there. You've always been uh kind of uh innovative. Um you know what I mean? Like and and for you and I both, I think we've commiserated on the fact that a lot of times in the Presbyterian <laughs> tradition, innovation is not uh, that uh, it, it's not that fantastic. Um, um, but, you know, I feel like that, you know, that's something that, that I, I really always resonated with me was the way that you were able to try to figure out, you know, where the, where the edges were and to try to lead a congregation that was, you know, mainline, traditional to a certain extent, kind of lead them to those edges <clears throat> so that, you know, you could reach people that weren't being reached. Um, and so that, that's kind of, I don't know if that's an accurate kind of yeah. description of what you would think that, you know, right, right. Uh, now it's the edges or I just watch you. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I just watch you and I try to do what you do. So that's a- you wait to see if I'm going to fall off the edge. <laughs> it's like whoops all right i'm not gonna go there yeah so yeah so it's it's been uh it's been amazing uh, being friends for all these years and being able to kind of uh keep tabs on one another and to share ideas and so forth and so uh, that's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to you about this uh topic that you know we've been uh, working on as far as this podcast goes um and you know just talking about the future of the church and more specifically, the future of the church after Corona, uh, because uh, it's definitely going to be different. So there were some things that, that you know, I kind of identified, um, and I know this is, you know, it's a pretty big umbrella. So a lot of these things that we're talking about, you know, are, um, you know, probably there's, there's more uh, that we could say, but 
uh, and maybe that's that's a conversation for another time. But you know, in terms of the sort of seven things that that I kind of identified as like this is what the church is going to need to do going forward. Right. Um, so if you want to, we'll just kind of talk through these and just kind of get yeah. your in, input. Um, so one of the things that that I kind of identified was uh, the, that virtual connections are powerful, um, and that's something I think that people have struggled with. You know, the uh, the the conflict that exists between you know virtual community as opposed to in person community. Uh, but I feel like at this point, because of what's happened, um, that if we don't find a way, if the church doesn't find a way to do virtual community and virtual connections effectively, that that it, you know, those churches that are not able to figure that out are not going to make it. Um, right. so I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But. Yeah, let me up up throw a few things in there. For, you know, there's there's a bit of generational difference between you and me, right? So mm-hmm. um, you're you're coming in a little younger, so you're exposed to some of the technology at a younger stage than I am. So my experience, like I'd go back a long time, and I, I remember just trying to bring in. <laughs> coming out of young life and leading songs and guitar and bring, just trying to bring that into the church was such a hard, I mean, it was like, it's like, Oh, what is this in drums? And what are you guys doing? And, oh yeah. Uh, so, but now it's being at my age and looking over everything. I'm in that tension. You just talked about, I'm in that tension of prior to this, this is, this has happened in about a month. So this is a good conversation to have. So yeah. I, I would have I would have looked at guys on TV and go, what are they doing? That's not, that's not really church. And I get live streaming, but uh, you know we were making fun of of doing the all call for offering Sunday because we felt like televangelists out there, you know, you know, <laughs> send in that money and get that blessing. <laughs> you know how it goes. So, but what I've realized, uh, I, I fought that. Okay, I fought it. like some people. Mm-hmm fought me bringing that early, that early music genre in, they didn't like it. And, and I've kind of fought this thing, but this is, I guess I, I've, I've kind of crossed, uh, I've crossed a threshold, I think, because now I see, I'm seeing the value in a different way. I'm appreciating it in a different way. And here's the funny thing about this, Leon, and this is for, for older people who the tech can be hard. You know, some of our folks are struggling with it, but they're doing it is I'm like, this is the, this is a way to get those guys more involved than they've ever been involved because of any mm. event when it's dark or, you know, they don't want to travel at night or they're just not feeling good that day or they're, they're in a, they're in an ALF somewhere, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's too bad. What can we do for them? And this is, if, if we can make the shift, it's, it also includes those very people who are, are on the edges, right? They're on the edges and I forget about that. I think, oh, it's all about getting them here. Because I'm a, you know me, and I think you're the same way. I, 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 engage, I like to engage people. I come alive by engaging. And so I think, so I'm, I'm stuck in that mindset where, you know, it has to happen over there. I'm pointing to our sanctuary, right? Mm-hmm. I'm real. I, I think I have really crossed that threshold into there is a great value in that. I never appreciated, And I, I'm only coming to appreciate it right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, like I, I was <clears throat> like, like you said, I was kind of an early adopter um, of some of these things, you know, way back when uh, Facebook, when I could only sign up because I still had an fsu.edu uh, email address, you know, um, and uh, Twitter when it first came out and, you know, those kinds of things. 
But, you know, I also struggle with that. I struggle because, you know, the energy that you feel when you're in a room full of people, uh, when you're all gathered together, that is, that is not, that is not fake. I mean, that's a real thing. That is a fundamentally quantum physics, biological, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the energy exchange is real. And so, you know, I, I too struggled with the idea of, can you really have virtual community? Um, but, you know, what I've discovered over time is that, you know, that, that is, that's, that's something that's, that's definitely possible. I didn't, you know, like what, what's happened, I think, is that this has caused us all to have to be shoved forward. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. so grand, grandma and grandpa um, are in order to have community with their families now, you know, that they're, if they're isolated, they have to figure out the tech, they've got to do it. And, so that's something that we've noticed is, is like some of our oldest members are right. coming on Facebook to watch our live broadcast, you know, and it's such a joy to see them on there. Um, and then to realize like how hard it was for them to figure that out, you know, to right. get there, they were, they wanted to do it, you know? So, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And the other thing, I guess it struck me about all this and I should get it. I think that the, the word here for me, the enlightenment that's come or the insight is it's caused me to look at this, what I'm looking at you right now. Okay. I'm looking at this screen, right? I'm looking at you and I, I don't think worship that way. And I think worship is over there with all the people in the building by going exactly what you said, being forced to do this stuff. It's forced me to think about how people are viewing what we're doing. Cause that's the thing. You can still get to intimacy. You can still it's, but you, I've had to change my mindset a bit and look at the screen. And so it, not, not that I want to be, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a, a mega church with a, a full script and, and all, and all be worried about how it looks on TV, but there is a sense of what people People today are conditioned, and I should. This is what I should. I should have gotten this. You've already gotten it. People look at the screens all day. That's where they're getting their information, or they're going home and they're watching Netflix, or they're watching, you know, whatever they're going to watch. They're downloading movies, and if we're going to enter into this, and this may be a conversation you're going to get to in a bit, but if you're going to enter enter into this thing, I've had to re reformat how I look at it. So when I'm looking at the worship, I'm like, okay, we're standing there what is that what are we saying because i'm trying to recreate that feeling that you talked about right there's mm -hmm. say about our church that it, they feel it when they walk in the door that's what they say everybody who joins our church says ah we we could feel it when we walk in the door so but that doesn't always translate so we talk about creating a virtual community the thing i'm i'm, I'm having to struggle and and rethink is is how does that happen and how do i create that when they're looking at this they're looking at this thing here so there you go yeah, and that's that's the rub, you know. I mean, um, you know, being able to figure out like how to um, how to connect with people on, you know, during the live broadcast, how to, you know, we right. we have about three to four staff members that their entire job on Sunday now is to be posting as the church on the comment feed, right? Uh, because right. it's impossible to keep track of all of the you know, the comments that are happening, unless I've got two or three people that are on it and, um, you know, and, and responding to the individual comments and, you know, even people with prayer requests, like logging that, you know, so it's like, you know, those, those kind of things are, are important. Um, and, you know, the other, I mean, I guess going forward, you know, the thing is that people have gotten used to this. So yeah, they want to, they crave 
face-to-face contact they they crave all that but then on the you know but what happens down the road right right uh once they've been able to just to go and meet people i don't i think that people are going to see this completely different the virtual connection is not going to be something foreign or something to be feared it's like a thing it's like this is it this is you know this is just as real as right you know talking to somebody in person to a certain extent the future is what do they say (laughs) cliche the future is now right It it is it's here. It's not going back. That's why we talked about today. We're not, this is not going back. And we can talk about what form worship's going to have when, when all this is over. And, and let's say we're in full-fledged public worship where there's no restrictions. This is, I don't think we're going backward. I, I think we're, we've, we've, we've been pushed through that threshold that I talked about. We've been pushed through it. Maybe um, it sped the timeline up. That's what it's done. Okay. Sped really that we're all getting there. We are all getting there. You're getting there a little quicker than I am, and maybe some other guys are getting there quicker than both of us. But uh, oh yeah, we're all getting there. And now we've all had to jump. It's like we've made the leap. We we've done it, and now we're not going back. It's not going to go back. So I, I'm with you. interesting thing um a little bit ago about you know you you keep pointing to the sanctuary and i i kind of do the same thing right because that's where <laughs> that's where the magic happens right um but you know it's it's um i don't know if you're familiar with marshall McEwen, um the guy that was like a futurist that you know he was the guy that coined the phrase the, the medium is the message right um and so you know this is the conundrum that we're in um, but one of the things that he talked about was like the unintended consequences of innovation and disruption and those kinds of things. Um, and so the unintended consequence, I think one of the many is that we've had to rethink our ideas of buildings, right? You know, um, that buildings were so, so important to us. Right. And, um, and now that we've left the building um, and our buildings have, are, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I will sometimes go to the church, be, you know, just because there's no one there and it's quiet and it's the only place I can have some peace. <laughs> so I'll go to, I'll sneak into my office, you know, and just sit there and work and do whatever because, you know, my house is a zoo. So, um, you know, but I still have, I have still have little kids at home and I've got a friend staying with us and there's like a whole bunch of stuff, but you know, the buildings aspect of it. I mean, that's an interesting thought is that, you know, they're going to serve a different purpose. Um, in a way, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but right. you know, that, you know, this is, this is a, one of those disruptions where it's like all of a sudden, you know, wait a minute, man, we could still do church and we didn't, we didn't have to be there. Um, right. you know, uh, that or spend all, or spend all that, spend all that money, uh, on, which we've all had to do. And you've got a pretty big campus. We do too. And I look at other churches, maybe storefront churches, uh, even home churches that, you know, who I think, I think many of them aspire to be this, but with being this, <laughs> being this has a price on it. And you think about ministry and, you know, there, there's been other, other uh, non-denominational movements that have really pushed at not having buildings, you know, it, that, that early on that their whole thing was not to have a building and not to use that money in that way. I, I think you're right. But the building it does still have, it has a purpose. And I think pe- people want that foundation. They want the anchor point, right? They want the anchor point. They got to have it. And it, 
for, and it's also generational, I get it, but I've seen some of my younger families, that, that building over there, it does have meaning for them. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what you're talking, we, it's, it's what, we're going to have to balance that because it does have meaning, and it, 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 it is also, I guess I didn't, until you just talked to me, I didn't think about it. You know, it's kind of a landmark in the community too. It mean when you how you see that thing. Okay, what is that? Well, it's not a gymnasium. It's not a store. What is that thing? You know, oh, it's a church. So there's that bit too that it is kind of a it's a landmark of faith, whatever that means, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been to your campus and it's beautiful, and you've you know you've done a lot of work to make it look that way. And, you know, we've done the same thing. I mean, we're a little bit limited because of the wonderful city of Austin and their uh, ordinances on impervious cover. Uh, so I have to use a lot of portable buildings, but we've made them look nice as we possibly can. And, you know, I mean, so, I mean, I think it's important to take care of what you've been given, um, you know, and we've done, we have spent a lot of money on making it look nice uh, and making it usable and so forth. But I think you're right about that in terms of the, you know, the purpose that it's going to serve going forward you know, it's, it's got a, it's almost got a different kind of meaning now. Um, you know, that they may not be as important as we thought they were in terms of being able to do church, but the purpose that it serves now is, is something different. And maybe that's, maybe it belongs, it's a more of a community oriented kind of thing that, you know, you, you belong to the community. Um, right. In in the same way that, um, you know, when we, when people are driving now in Austin, they see all of these landmark restaurants and all of these landmark buildings that are mm-hmm. shut down. And it's, it grieves, you know, it's like, there's a grief that's involved in that, right. Um, right. which is the same kind of thing. I think that people would see, you know, with, you know, there's a church that's no longer able to have people gather, you know, so there's a meaning that's attached to it. But you've, t- you've talked already about what's going to happen. Um, you know, th- how are we going to move with the flow? And the flow is just, it's like the dam broke, right? So that it's not a trickle anymore. The dam is broken and the water's gushing out. And how are we going to adapt to that? There are already trends, you know, and I, I you know, I've talked about it too. You, you've bucked some of the trends, but it's worship attendance. You track worship attendance over the past 10 years. You know what the trends are. It's diminishing and it doesn't matter whose church it is for the most part it's diminishing so and it doesn't matter if you're if you're leon up there doing singing solos that i will never do <laughs> you know but it doesn't matter how it, it you don't matter what the what what you're giving up there it doesn't seem to be enough to get everybody in the building at the same time which should have been it should have been that was telling us something five years ago oh yeah, yeah. so the the model of destination and all i mean and even I mean, you know, the, the latest, before all this happened, the latest data that I was looking at was that the average regular church attender only went to church 1.6 times a month. That was, right. that was kind of the average. And that's like the person who would say, if you ask them, do you go to church? Oh, yeah, I go to Markham Woods Presbyterian Church. Or I go to Shepherd right. of the Hills Presbyterian Church. That's my church. Right. Right. Um, they might only show up once a month or, you know, like the average is 1.6. But I mean you know, they're not showing up that often um, because they've got other things going on. You know, they've got traveling teams with their kids, you know, they've got, you know, and I'm, you, you're in kind of a more affluent area. Uh, so, so am I, um, you know, people have a lot more disposable income to go on trips, to have second homes here and there and everywhere. Right. You know, so, you know, there's a lot of that too. It doesn't mean that they're disconnected from the church. They just aren't coming to worship as often. 
And that's what I, I guess that goes into this, how important are the buildings? What I, what I've, I've, I was sorting this out already before this happened, but I, I, I used to think, and it's a bad paradigm, you know, is if you didn't, if you weren't in worship, you weren't connected, right? If you weren't right. present and if you weren't physically present, we were losing you. We were losing. And so maybe somebody doesn't come for three weeks in a row and I thought, ah, oh, they found another church, right? They're, they're, they're right. gone. And what I've come to discover is that's not true at all. And our, I don't, I don't, I don't know about your statistics, but just, just, just anecdotally for us, I would say it takes us, maybe this fits with you, takes about a month for us to get everybody in the door. So everybody comes in the door. We can't seat everyone. But it, so, so I guess we're at too. Yeah. They're coming, they're coming and they're, it's still the same people coming. They just don't all come the same day for all the reasons you just gave in, as you said, this area is more affluent and the travel teams kill us. They're all on Sundays. The sports now have gone to Sundays. So we're, people want to have an evening service, which is, you know, I'm like, great. Now we'll water down all the services by having all these multiple services which may mean the answer to this is, is more of this virtual worship. Well, that's all we have time for today for the Pastor Cast. Uh, we'll uh, be continuing this conversation between uh, myself and Pastor Joe Windorf in our next uh, Pastor Cast, which will be uh, broadcast later this week. Um, we'll be doing part two of that uh, conversation, uh, which I think is actually part three in the in the series. And there'll be some there'll be some other parts too as well. I'm going to be interviewing some other folks uh, and uh, just getting some different perspectives on what's happening in the church and where we are headed. Uh, this is a conversation that uh, that needs to happen, I think. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to this and you're curious about uh, what we're talking about and you want to know more. Uh, feel free to message me. You can message me uh, uh, either on Facebook. Uh, you can find me there. You can uh, message me uh, on uh, my email at leon at shpc.org. Um, and uh, you can also find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on all kinds of places. Pretty much all you have to do is just type in the word bloater and you'll find either myself or my son Jackson. And you definitely don't want to follow his Instagram. <laughs> I've got to start doing more Instagram, honestly. I think it's something that I'm missing out on. So I've got to add that to my repertoire. Uh, but at any rate, uh, we will see y'all later. hope you've enjoyed listening to these. We'll have uh, some more uh, great podcasts coming up uh, as we're going to be tackling leadership through uh, times of crisis and then also spirituality and spiritual practices. So uh, stay tuned. There will be more. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.